it's definitely an important game. We took it. This is a very big game for us. But uh, like, we're we're gonna treat every game the same. We're gonna go out and play our best. We're 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 not gonna fear anyone. There's no there's no team that we're fearing. Um, and so, uh, I mean, we, this is a good game, and uh, I think we came out and showed it. Yeah, we we came out slow, but uh, we play a good team. You can't do that, you know. And we coming out slow. I mean, great teams gonna punch you in the mouth, and that's what they did right there. But you know, we regrouped, started the second quarter, said that's not happening, and uh, we're gonna uh, we're gonna ride this storm and uh, kind of try to uh, try to show them what New Canaan Lacrosse is all about. This is a big week. Yeah, we're lo looking forward to Darian. Uh, very very good opponent. We we. Uh, respect them a lot, but we're going to take it to them. We don't fear them. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Long Stick Podcast, your weekly dose of Connecticut High School boys lacrosse. And I am your host, Sean Patrick Boley, alongside alongside Mike Fornabio, our head high school beat writer for lacrosse at Game Time CT in the Hearst Connecticut Media Group. Michael, how are you doing today? Doing all right, Sean. How about you? I'm um, doing great. Great uh, weekend of, or week of lacrosse. Lots to get to, but um, we're going to have a little bit later on the show. We're going to have the head coach at New Cannon, Chip Buzio. We had a great conversation with him. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, we're, we're recording this after the fact um, because we got in late, I guess. So uh, we had a really nice long conversation about Chip and about all his his time growing up in New Cannon and how he got into the game and then his time at Princeton playing for a national champion and playing for some absolute legends as his coach. So we're going to... So we, you know, we're looking forward to that. So stick around. Um, at the top of the show, you heard from New Canaan's Teddy Mangus, and you heard from Quentin O'Connell about their big win over Fairfield Prep. Uh, New Canaan stormed back from a uh, four-goal deficit and with a really impressive performance on Saturday, and sets up the big week that comes up. Uh, that's that's coming up here. Uh, they're playing. You know who uh, on Saturday? Be there or be square at Dunning at Dunning Field, three o'clock. Um, the number one and number three, although I, I would say they're probably number two, but you know, Hey, they don't play Richfield this year. So we're not going to find out unless they play them in the FCAC or maybe even the state tournament. So, uh, I'm sure Richfield will have a little bit to say about that, but, uh, this is the game. Everyone gets fired up for, they get fired up for Darian. They get fired up for new cannon. It, it's going to be the largest crowd, uh, lacrosse crowd of the year as always. I mean, it's just, you know, the, you want it the best in lacrosse. This is the game. Um, cause you know, no, no, nowadays the tournament's kind of expanded. They've changed it up a little bit. You're not guaranteed and, and lacrosse has gotten better. So you're not guaranteed to get in the final. Like it used to be, it used to be Darian Nukanen, Darian Nukanen every, every other year in the final, it seems, seems like. So, uh, this might be the only time they might not play in the FCM. Who knows? You know, you never, you never know. So that's why it's going to be just uh, overflowing crowd at, at Dunning field. Thankfully Dunning field is, uh, a great place, and uh, they're always prepared for this, so I'm, I'm really excited about that. So we're going to talk a little bit to uh, Chip Buzzy about that. But, uh, Mike, what else happened in this week? Uh, you were at a couple games. I mean, first of all, you saw the New Canaan uh, uh, Fairfield yep. prep game. What did you think? Yeah, we were, uh, we were there together. It was, uh, it was an interesting game. I mean, the uh, Jesuits got up, got off to a really strong start, and you, know, you wonder which way things are going to go from there. And New Canaan, I think Teddy Magnus said they kind of got off the bus at that point. Yeah. <laughs> it was uh, a little different day, a little it's funny you said it was a hot day, which, you know, I was thinking about it. You know, it's like 70 degrees. It's like, is that hot? But it really was because it was yeah. the first day that was actually like nice that the, that the sun was out. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of nice. A little, it was a little humid, a little too. Humid. That was the big thing, I think. And, and you know, you kind of get that. You get yourself warmed up after that, and uh, and away you go. And they started winning faceoffs, and they were. Uh, yeah. And, you know, and and, uh, and Tripp mentioned in, in, in talking to us, you know, some of these younger defense defensemen are, are really stepping up the D. 
really picked it up. The midfield got working, and uh, and they started moving the ball real well. The Rams did, and uh, kind of took the game over from there. Yeah, pretty much. And you see, when it, when they needed a big goal, uh, for, uh, Quentin O'Connell was there for it. Uh, he scored the goal with 1.6 seconds left to go in the half. Uh, really just muscled his way in there. Just a big kid. Just muscled his way in there and scored right after uh, Mason Reale had scored to put Fairfield Prep back up. Uh, I think by three goals at that point, um, Quentin O'Connor comes right back down, scores you know to make it a two-goal game at halftime, and then they just gang it, it was 8-6 early in the third quarter, and then uh, the Rams scored... Yeah, he scored five, yeah, in, a five in a row. Will Reichterman, who who had scored the this tying goal, and then uh, Quentin O'Connell with that another just direct line just snipe right at the uh, right at the goalie, and 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 that was it. They were off. Um, really, uh, really interesting uh, game there. And uh, so we go into this week just to kind of pull back a little bit. Not just Darian and New Canaan. It's not. Um, we're gonna quickly look at the top ten. Yeah, it's going to be a busy, busy day Saturday. The la- like, the, I think it's the last before the the, the conference tournament start. So, so uh, you know, it's this is this is the week. Uh, it actually begins tonight because uh, Richfield is playing Wilton uh, in, in a pretty interesting game. Now, Wilton's jumped back in the top ten after their uh, after their dis- I don't know, say disastrous. Well, you could say disastrous because they they just could not win a game, and now they're back in the top ten. They're six and seven. They're tied nine with Guilford. Guilford. Was was chugging along there, lost the prep though, and then then they got then they got bit by Weston, yep. which makes its uh, appearance in here. And uh, and you talked to we- about Weston this this week and this week's notebook, you know how how are they playing and how how they've been able to get back into this. Young guys stepping up, and a lot of the talent that they knew they had coming back have uh, have stepped up as well. Uh, Coach uh, Josh Thornton said, uh, you know, had some had some really good performances all around. They've uh, you know the guys that they that they expected to be there have have done their jobs. Uh, uh, you mentioned James Getz, especially in the midfield. You know, mm-hmm. just a guy who maybe doesn't get a lot of points, but uh, maybe doesn't get a lot of attention either. But just kind of drives things and uh, gets things done for them. So they've, they've been playing well, and they've got uh, Barlow tonight, which will be interesting. Yeah, and Weston sitting there now at number three in the M standings, and they go down to uh, the Surf Club on Saturday uh, at high noon to to face Hand Team, which uh, you know won a defensive struggle. Uh, against Notre Dame, West Haven, and in the SEC the uh, last night, uh, this is Thursday, May 9th, we're, we're recording this, uh, a really big defensive struggle uh, with Notre Dame, and I, it looks like Hand might be on the men here a little bit. They've won three straight. Uh, they're ten and four. You know, they're not. Not. It's. I just based on all the results, you're like, man, hand, hand just not put together. But you know what? Ten and four is nothing to sneeze at, and that's a that's a really big game down there at the Surf Club. On Saturday, uh, another game we should talk about. Speaking of uh, Class M, is New Fairfield going up to Glastonbury, Class L, uh, to play that game? Also at high noon up in Glastonbury. Uh, New Fairfield's been just truck chugging along. They've won ten straight. They've only won lo- one loss all year, and that was out of state. That was to the uh, New- Saint uh, Anthony. Saint Anthony. They're, they're all right. Yeah, <laughs> you know I saw West- program. I saw Weston briefly against New Fairfield, and they were just completely run off the field. I, no, nobody touches New Fairfield. Yeah, I was, uh, was going to go to New, that Newtown game after the Fairfield prep game, and by the time I I got the uh, the story and the New Canaan prep story, and I looked at Twitter, and it was ten nothing, and it was like ten. Eh, I don't know if I really need to make that ten picture. to nothing. In the first quarter. In the first quarter. That is, I saw the same thing too. I was on my way back from Fairfield, and I thought about detouring. Mm. And then I looked new. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
really impressive performance by the rebels you know what i mean they they, they they're sitting there at number five in the in the latest poll and it's gonna be a heck of a finish for them because they got staples on tuesday as well which should be very interesting yeah really big week for uh for for new fairfield to show what it's about uh after uh, then their last big game was the new the Anthony's game if you want to count newtown there they really showed them the door mm-hmm. and uh now they play staples and they play glastonbury so uh, we'll, we'll see what they're made of. It doesn't mean really a whole heck of a lot as far as like the, you know, uh, what, what their prospects are in class M. They're clearly the team to beat, uh, in class M. So we shall see. Um, so just we're kind of running down the pole here real quick. Uh, number one is Darian. They just, just absolutely demolished Greenwich 15 to zero. You don't see, I mean, this is lacrosse. This isn't, you know, how do you beat a team 15-0? That is an impressive performance. Their defense has been playing great all year, really underrated. Um, and it obviously starts with the with the goaltender, Andy Demopoulos. And uh, you go up, you know, Sam Cragen and, you know, guys on the defense have just been playing really well. So Darian goes in there, number one. Number two, Ridgefield, we mentioned them playing uh, Wilton. Um, they're they're kind of lying in the weeds. We're really going to get to see what they're about uh, as far as, like, New Canaan's go. When you look back at it, they didn't get completely outclassed by Darian. So that's, that's encouraging. I'm sure they'd love a crack at them again when the FCX start. Um, number three is New Canaan, which I think is kind of a, you know, eh, I think they should be number two. But, hey, you know, we'll, we'll see. Number four, Fairfield Prep. I think they fit right in there. I, 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 Graham Neamey was not happy after that losing a four-goal lead. I don't think he thought his players, uh, you know, did what they needed to do to, to stem the tide there in that, in that loss. So uh, some some inward looking at, at Fairfield Prep, they got to check them. They got to figure themselves out. Um, they uh, they demolished East Lyme, and I think last night they demolished somebody else. Yeah. So we're, we'll be looking forward to what they're, they're about in the uh, SEC tournament coming up. Um, the number five, New Fairfield, which you just mentioned. Number six, Glastonbury. Uh, they got beat by Hingham Mass uh, pretty handily, but then they come back and they defeated Farmington. Um, and they, we mentioned them. They're playing New Fairfield. And then they got number number seven, Staples. Uh, and their season's almost done. They're, they, their season uh, will end on uh, May 14th against that aforementioned New Fairfield game. That should be really an interesting one. Eight, Weston. And then nine, Guilford. And nine, Wilton. I think the top ten is pretty – I think that's that's a pretty good top ten. Those, those top seven have been pretty consistent for a while now. And it's kind of been that uh... – the eight, nine, ten—you know, depending on who's won, who's lost in the last week—but uh, decent mix, decent little mix. Um, I took a trip up to Summers. I'm going to tell you just real quick. I got to see uh, Riley uh, Bergmeier, and uh, he's good. <laughs> he's going to Springfield College, and they were down, I think, three-one or or four-one to uh, a pretty decent Connor team. And uh, next thing I know is 10-5 at halftime. <laughs> they just rolled away from that game. Uh, it, it's funny. I love it. They're just like, what are you They looking at me? Like, what are you coming up here for? And uh, and I was like, I got to see the guys. That, you guys are always good, you know? And they're like, well, welcome to Cowtown Lacrosse. Grass fields. Yeah, right. You know, Love scoreboard that. on the sideline. They got a horn. They got one of those blow horns. Oh, beautiful. Those, those air horns. Uh, you know, it was like uh, – it was a culture shock. Like when we were kids, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it was a culture shock. Uh, I think they're a really good team. Uh, you know, they have the NCCs coming up. Uh, they lost to Granby, and they're going to look forward to getting them back. But uh, they're an interesting team in Class S. Uh, you know, some other you know other teams I, I got to see last week was Simsbury uh, beating up on um, Southington. 
Jake Ober was uh, was great in that game. Uh, it's a really young group, Simsbury. They've won eight eight straight. It's a junior heavy team. Their best days might be, uh, you know, maybe next year, but uh, they're not to overlook them at all. They've won eight straight. They're up there in the class L standings. They've got uh, Avon, and then they got their big game versus Glastonbury on on, on the sixteenth. Uh, at Glastonbury, and then they finish up with Guilford. So we're going to find out real quick about uh, what Simsbury is about and see uh, where they fit in this whole uh, thing. How about uh, how about Fairfield Ward winners of five straight? You saw them play rival it, Ludlow in a game I wish I could have seen. The uh, Sticks it, for Soldiers Cup was an interesting game. I mean, you know, Ludlow Ludlow took a lead, and uh, Chris Gonzalez and goal for for Ward just uh, was stopping everything. I mean, there were a couple point blank shots that he had no business making stops and he was making stops and they were they were getting clears and they were going to work offensively and uh, you know just a good performance for Ward and like I said they've they've, uh, they've got a little roll going here so see how they go from there yeah and that's an impressive win I, I saw a clip on Twitter where uh, he stopped the goal and then they went right back down the other way mm-hmm. and and scored and that was kind of like the turning point of that game they were down in that game getting were rally to come back real nice crowd there Mike huh yeah yeah it was a good good atmosphere you know good uh you know, good uh, good student section going. Even you know the weather. Fortunately, it held off until the game was over. It looked like it was getting dicey, but uh, held off. And uh, yeah, and uh, you know, good emotional game and and game that they enjoy. And and uh, you know, ultimately with with sticks for soldiers, we talked to Chris Parisi about that a few weeks ago. And you know how how near and dear that is to everybody's hearts in Fairfield. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, just a great day for it. Uh, just quickly looking at some of the other games uh, to watch this week. We t- we talked about the big ones. If there's going to be a team that's going to be Darien, it's going to be New Cannon. Um, but it's just the, the way, and I know it's not vintage Darien, but I think just the way they're playing of late has been completely dominant. Uh, I, I'm going to venture a guess if the Rams get down for nothing, it's going to be lights out. I, I, I don't see... I, I suppose they could. Again, anything happens, this is a great – this is the rivalry in Connecticut. I mean, right now. Um, you know, you talk about the Wiltons and the New Cannons over the years and, and things like that, but now this is it. So um, just some of the other games uh, looking at uh, – we talked about Ridgefield at Wilton, Weston Barlow, that's also Thursday night, uh, New Fairfield versus Glastonbury, Weston Hand. Darian Buchanan, and then another one that's kind of a little bit under the radar is next week is going to be St. Joseph at East Catholic. Mm. St. Joseph qualified for S. That's their goal to sit there at 7-5, winners of two straight. They're playing an East Catholic team that uh, has lost two straight. They're sitting at 6-4 and four in the standings. Um, and uh, they've got Xavier and they have Ram uh, before they face uh, St. Joseph in, in, a, in a game that should be, you know, uh, pretty telling. I mean, East, East Catholic has been competitive all year. St. Joseph earlier beat St. Paul. Uh, that's a key game to see where St. Joseph is. They go out of the FCAC. They play a team in their class. Uh, that's a key game to see where, where they stand in the Class S standings. Uh, speaking of St. Paul, um, they've won three straight. They're playing they play Holy Cross uh, Thursday night, and then they get two home games, Lewis Mills, Wolkett, and then Northwest Catholic and Garambi Memorial that's going to be a pretty interesting game for them to, to end the season. So um, so right now, uh, so summer is well on its way to the number one seed in, in Class S. Then you have Bacon Academy sitting there in Granby, which is also 9-3. You also have a Sheehan team sitting there at 9-4, so that's, that's fascinating. Rocky Hill, Lewis Mills, St. Bernard. That was the thing about the summers, guys. They're like, yeah, we make it every year, but man, we got to get through some Catholic schools, man. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. So... 
really exciting week uh, of lacrosse coming up, highlighted by that Darian Buchanan game down at Dunning Field. And joining us on the show is the seventh-year head coach of New Canaan's boys lacrosse program. They've won three state championships under him. They won an FCX title his first year. It is, of course, the great Chip Buzio. Coach, how you doing? Welcome to the show. I'm doing fine. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, uh, you guys have uh, pretty much gone on a roll here. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you beat some really, really top teams. That Fairfield Prep uh, game last week. You know, you, the, the way you guys that showed how you were able to battle back through some adversity, four, goal, four goals down early, kind of looked lost. Um, and then they just kind of reasserted themselves. You know, where, how do you feel like your team is doing at this point in the season? Uh, I think we're coming together at the right time. Um, we've had a lot of young players um, have to step up uh, throughout this year due to injuries. Um, and they've really matured throughout the the spring and um i think they're they're feeling comfortable um i think our senior leadership has helped them through the way and um it's going to be exciting when we start getting guys back in the lineup and uh we're just going to have a very deep bench uh where we can throw a lot more bodies out there yeah you were talking a little bit about how you know some of the injuries which um some of the injuries have uh, allowed younger kids to get in there, and they've been performing pr- pretty well. I, it, so- it sounds like, and you said you had a, it's a nice problem to have. Uh, but when they all yeah. co- when they all come back, it's like, oh, what do I do? <laughs> yeah, no, it it is great, and um, you know we have a very talented uh, junior and sophomore class. Um, you know, this is the first year we've we've never picked any freshmen um, since I've been coach and that's because we have so many sophomores on the team. And, um, there's been games where we've played eight to nine sophomores in the game. Um, and you know, we're playing a good amount of them regularly now, uh, with some of our seniors being out. Um, they're just a great group and they want to play and they're constantly coming in asking how they can play more. So, um, you know, the future is bright, uh, but right now they're, they're playing, uh, in these in these big games and they're playing very very well um and our senior leadership as i mentioned has has really pulled them along and and um welcomed them because it's not easy when you have younger guys playing over juniors or seniors um but uh i I just feel our team we had a program dinner last night and this team is very very close uh they're all friends they get along great and the best part about it is competition and practice has been incredible Uh, it's probably been the most competitive year uh, in my seven years in terms of practicing every day um we've been you know the last three weeks splitting the team into two even teams and you know it's been one goal games every time we've scrimmaged so um the fact that we're that deep and have that many players that are competing on a high level um just is a big i think um you know hats off to our youth program for for doing such a great job of getting people prepared for the high school level um it's really is an amazing thing and it certainly makes my job easier um with with all the uh, talent coming in every year who are some of the seniors who who have been missing time uh, due to injury and things like that you know and and when do you expect to get them back uh well you know we lost ben snyder his starting defenseman uh, with an acl injury you know, the second day of practice, um, you know, the shame that whenever you see a senior, he just kind of waited his turn uh, to go down that early in the season and then be out for the year. Um, another big injury has been Walker Care, who, you know, he played a couple minutes against Summit and then went down with a groin injury and then 
uh, played it, played the first quarter against Brunswick and then heard it again. And so he's been out and, you know, Walker's kind of, you know, uh, you know, I would say he's, he's kind of the, the, one of the main guys on defense that makes everything work. I and mean, he's so dangerous in the, in the, between the lines. And, you know, he's arguably one of the best Ellis engines in the state of Connecticut. Um, you know, he's going to BU next year and, and just to have a guy like that out of the lineup, um, has, has been tough, but we're hoping to get him back soon. Um, and then, uh, Drew Guida, one of our top attackmen has been out, uh, with mono, uh, hoping to get him out back soon. We've had, uh, Matthew Costco out, um, you know, with, with an elbow injury, you know, Matt's going to Furman next year to play across. Um, so those guys have been the, the kind of staples that have been out. And then some of the younger guys that have really stepped up, you know, uh, Braden Sweeting has been out for a couple of weeks with a hamstring, got hurt in the Glastonbury game. Um, and then some nicks in nicks and bruises here and there, you know, for a week, we lost Quentin O'Connell, you know, when we played Avon, you know, he was out because, you know, he was waiting for an MRI to get back on the shoulder. Uh, but thankfully he came out okay. And he's just, you know, back playing, which is great. Uh, but it just seems like every week there's been a, been a new injury. And, um, you know, but thankfully with our depth and the amount of players we have, we've just been able to say next guy up and, and um, you know, not made any excuses. Um, we've played some incredible teams, and, and those teams I think we've learned from every single game we've played, wins and losses. Um, so it's it's been a, a very good learning uh, season, I think, for all the players. And um, a lot of different guys have played in a lot of different games so to me a little uh, we're excited to where we are I think, yeah uh, absolutely I mean, you guys have been rolling along i think it was what seven straight wins or, or something like that, that effect you're playing west hill to uh right west hill tonight thursday uh-huh. um uh tell me about some of this you do have some seniors who've been out there consistently i mean obviously everyone talks about quentin q I mean, he's going to mm-hmm. UNC. I mean, he's been your guy, but I mean, you got some, some really, really good uh, seniors too. You got Teddy Mangas over there, and uh, and Carl. I mean, no one really ever talks about your goalie too much because everyone's talking about the faceoff guys, <laughs> Tim Norton yeah. and 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 Whitefeld, and um, you know, and I, I I saw Carl, and I realized he's a captain, and I'm like, wow, he just quietly does his job, huh? In goal and in cage. <clears throat> yeah, no, Carl is is one of our best leaders. He is a very quiet kid, but. Uh, he's, he's very, very well liked, um, throughout the team and, and through the program. Um, he, he's kind of the guy that everyone kind of turns to, um, to talk to. And, um, he, he's one of the best leaders on the team. Uh, he played a bunch of it for us last year and, um, he's having a great year, you know, and our, our, you know, second goalie, you know, Ben and on, he, he's, he's unbelievable too. So, um, mm. we've always had that goalie competition all year long and Bennett's played in some games and, um, but Carl's, you know, with that, you know, being a captain, being a senior and he's just, he's just playing a little bit better right now. So he's, he's been playing, but I think having George Dumbald, um, you know, another defenseman that's going to play the division one at Drexel, mm. uh, playing, playing, playing along with side of and Jackson Braden, another senior defenseman. Um, I think those, those three have really anchored our defense this year, especially with, you know, Ben and Walker being out and having all these young guys injected into the defensive end. Um, they, they've really stepped up and, you know, you never really draw attention to defensemen, but I think those two guys have just played incredible. Um, and then you mentioned Teddy Mangus at attack and another attack and Luke Nolan, um, who's just you know, having an unbelievable year. I mean, those two guys, it's, it's, they've been waiting their turn to play. And, um, that's the one thing I think you see that with any good program, 
uh, anywhere that, you know, you, you have kids that wait their turn to play and, you know, junior year, senior year comes about and they just step into that role and, and they, they have great senior seasons. But I think, you know, the, the real uh, person who's, who's driving it is, is Timmy Norton, uh, the faceoff back, him mm-hmm. and Justin, uh, who's a junior, uh, have really done an incredible job. But, uh, Tim, you know, is, He's just such a spark plug, and and you know his competitiveness in practice. He might be the hardest worker we have. Uh, he's the most in shape kid we have on our team, um, and he's probably one of the fastest. And you know I'm really excited for him to go off to the University of Vermont, and um, I think he's going to do well there. And um, I'm just so happy for this whole senior class, and and then Will Rectorman. I don't know people talk about him, and. Mm. Um, he, you know, he was second, you know, team all FCAC last year and stole everyone focuses on Quinton. But uh, Will has, he, you know, he's just an incredible player and, and a good person. And um, so the seniors are, are throughout our whole lineup. It's not just at one one end of the field. And to have seniors in all these key spots throughout our lineup really helps, um, especially when you have younger players like Chris Kinnett, who's a sophomore, who's having an unbelievable year. Um, you know, he... he does better because these seniors, you know, kind of teach them and, and pull them aside and, and are friends with them. So uh, it's a special team. Yeah, Will had the um, Will had the goal that tied the game up against uh, Fairfield Prep and really got that thing going. Then you look at right. you look at Quentin O'Connell when you when you need a goal, nobody can muscle in there and get it like 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 Q. I mean, you know, he can he can he's fast and he, but he's but he's strong football player, all stater, all stater for us. You know, uh, you know what? What's it mean to have a guy like that when when you need something, you, you know he he can deliver. Yeah, I mean, and that's who he wants to be. You know, um, you always want a player in your team that wants the ball. He wants the ball in big moments. He wants to put the team on his back. Um, sometimes he tries to do too much, and we've talked to him about that. But you know, I've always given him the green light. Um, you know, because he's such a, a special athlete. Uh, and lacrosse player and you know if you can't bet on your best player um, getting the job done then you know as a coach you don't have confidence in anything so um, you know we we have the full confidence in what Quentin can do and I believe the team certainly rallies around him Uh, but the biggest difference I think between this year and last year you know because he was one of our best players last year as well was you know, teams could shut him down and it would shut our team down. And this year, you know, we've had multiple teams try to, you know, face guard him and deny him the ball and our offense just scores right away. Um, and I contribute that to our offensive coordinator, Bobby Rushton, who's an incredible coach. Um, he's just got everyone believing. I mean, there was a point in the prep game where, you know, where, you know, they, they tried to, you know, deny Quentin the ball and, you know, we just had Quentin off the next possession and we scored with the other six on the field. So um, we, we don't feel like he's the only answer. And I, 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 and I think Quentin has given confidence to everybody in believing that. And uh, when you look at the ball movement that we've had mm-hmm. um, in the goals and the amount of si- assisted goals that we have every game, um that's you know makes us our offense so dangerous is we're not relying on just Quentin O'Connell to dodge and shoot and score um and uh, you know that's lacrosse is it's a team game and our offense believes in it and uh it's it's been special to watch 
Tell me, speaking of, yeah, tell me a little bit about your, your, your face-off. How do you, where, where do you guys grow them? Is there a farm up in <laughs> north of New Canaan? Or is it in Pound Ridge? You just kind of hide it over there? I mean, you, you know, uh, you, you had Nick Cravato last year who, you know, you declared right. was probably the you know best player in the state. Maybe he got overlooked. I mean, he was only second team all FCAC, which is, yeah. I don't know how he'd do yeah. that. But, you know, he was he was a face-off guy. Now you have four more. You have the two guys here. You have Timmy and you have, you have Justin. What, what what is the secret? Well, the secret is our face-off coach, Michael Santos. Um, and, you know, my first year, I remember, you know, seven years ago, I walked in and, and we really didn't have face-off specialists. We had a couple guys that could face off. But I think my first year, we won like 10% at the X. And wow. it was driving, driving me crazy. And the only way we were competitive is we had an All-American named Eric Persky, yeah. who was a two-time All-American. And we just lined him up to face off X, and he would just take the ball away from every face-off guy. <laughs> um, and, I, you know, I remember turning to our coaches, man, we got to find a solution. And, and it took a couple years, but the bottom line was, you know, Michael, who, is, who grew up in Long Island, played for Manhasset. Um, you know, he came and wanted to coach as he was going to school around here and said, you know, I want to be a part of a competitive program and here's my skill. And to be honest with you, you know, I interviewed him for an hour and I had no idea what he was talking about um, <laughs> because I, I, I don't understand the face-off position. Uh, it's unique and it takes a special person to teach it. And he's just got people believing. And um, he works with our youth program. He coaches our, our, our fifth grade travel team. Um, he's always doing, you know, extra clinics, he's volunteering, uh, and he works so hard with these kids from watching film to working on skills to, you know, helping them off the field and just becoming, you know, just a role model for them. Um, and the scary thing is, is, you know, we got a lot better face-off guys coming up. Um, <laughs> and, 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 you know, so it's, it's not going to end anytime soon. Um, you know, we feel, you know, Justin Wheatfield's got a younger brother who everyone thinks is better than Justin and, um, we've got some guys in our, you know, our sophomore, you know, Hayden Shin is, is probably faster than, than the two guys we have going now. Uh, he's just a sophomore. He's got to wait his turn. So, uh, we are truly blessed that Michael has developed this little fraternity of face-off guys in McCain. And then, like I said, we, this was not the case uh, when I first started, yeah. but it certainly helps, uh, getting the ball a lot more and, um, hopefully it continues. And, uh, Michael's done just an incredible job. Um, you guys, uh, you guys have a, you know, this is the end of the season's kind of coming up here. You know, uh, you got the big one on Saturday, um, not to overlook me, this, this, not to overlook the, the, the team you're playing tonight and, and you're probably going to see Darian again, but you know, how pumped are you guys up to play that? I mean, obviously every year it's just back and forth I and mean, they've kind of had your number, but you guys have won your fair share. Just, you know, what, what do you, what are you guys taking going into that? Well, first, we're, we're excited to, to play this regular season game. The last few years, uh, both teams have come together and united for uh, supporting different causes. Mm. Um, and this, this year, uh, we're, we're making it a Cancer Awareness Day. Uh, both coaching staffs are going to be wearing pink T-shirts for Mary Soshi, uh, okay. Connecticut referee, Lou Soshi's daughter, uh, who's battling brain cancer. We have uh, two players in our family who have family members battling cancer. Darianne uh, had a player who, whose family member was lost to cancer. So both teams will be representing, um, you know, cancer awareness, and, and we've asked all the fans to wear something pink. Um, so it, it's more than just a game yeah. on, on Saturday. And, um, 
uh, I'm very uh, happy that both communities can come together uh, like that and support a great cause. Um, as for the game itself, um, you know, it's it's always an incredible game. And I think uh, the last time we beat them was 2015. We only played them uh, once that year. And, um, and uh, no, we lost in the semis to them. So we played them twice that year. We were one and one with them. Um, but since then, I think we've lost uh, three overtime games and have had three games, one goal. Um, so they've been tight. And uh, overall, in my seven years, it's, it's just been an incredible series. Um, it is nice knowing that, you know, if you do lose, uh, you get to play them again, hopefully. Uh, right. You know, you're going to have to play Darien to win a championship. That's how it is every year. Um, so and we're in Class L now. And um, so you got that on the back of your mind. But uh, this is – you always want to win. And I think the biggest thing is – you know, Quentin O'Connell said it after our prep game that we know so many of these players uh, on some of these other teams, and I think with Darianne, we know their whole team. And yeah. I've got a lot of I've got a lot of friends from Darianne, and uh, all these players have played and grown up together. I mean, uh, about ten days ago, we had the third and fourth grade house teams between New Canaan and Darianne um, out in the field in New Canaan, and there were over two hundred kids playing lacrosse um, against each other. We had eight games going on at a time, and. Um, so when you start playing at the third and fourth grade level, and now you're a junior or senior, um, it's, there's just a little bit more when you play each other, um, and that's what makes the rivalry so special. It, it's you know people talk about hatred. There is no hatred. It's competitiveness. Yeah. Um, as I told the team last night, you know the person I always wanted to beat growing up was my brother, so, you know, or my best friend. So um, just just makes this game so much special, uh, more special because you're playing against people that you truly care about and that you have respect for. And, um, you know, for me, you know, I've known coach Braymeyer, uh, I think ever since I was nine years old, he was my swim coach, um, way back in the day, uh, when I swam in the summers and, uh, he was one of the people that told me to play lacrosse. So, um, to, to know him for, you know, 30 plus years and to compete against him, um in this way now is is fun so. you speaking of that is the growth and and how lacrosse has kind of evolved over over the last you know 20, when you started it was it they didn't even have, it wasn't even sponsored by the ciac i mean it did eventually um you know I, you're from a hot spot i mean they've been playing it for years when you were a kid uh but yeah but is how did you get into it? I mean, you were a great hockey player. You were all state twice. <clears throat> you know, you went to right. Avon All Farms. Uh, uh, but uh, I mean, how did you get into lacrosse, and how did you end up taking you to where you are today? Yeah, well, I played every single sport growing up, <laughs> um, from football to baseball to hockey, um, swimming, tennis. The only sport I didn't play was basketball because you know I'm short <laughs> and Italian and I can't jump. Um, but. You know, it, it came down my eighth grade year, and um, I wanted to play, uh, you know, hockey in the spring. And, you know, I was a competitive hockey player, grew up playing with Fairfield hockey, and um, I played hockey pretty much 10 to 11 months out of the year. Um, and I remember at the time, um, the, you know, baseball coach in New Canaan, you know, was really against, you know, athletes playing another sport during the spring. Well, Howard Benedict, uh, coach, my high school coach, lacrosse coach, was open to it. And, 
you know, as long as I didn't miss any lacrosse activities or, or, you know, stay true to the team, so to speak, and never put, you know, um, anything over the team, I could play hockey. And um, I remember having, I was trying out for uh, the under United States 16 team, Team Connecticut, and um, I showed up late to a, a scrimmage, and he was cool with it. Um, so I made the switch from baseball to hockey um, in, eight, in uh, ninth grade. I played both my eighth grade year, um, but decided to play lacrosse because I could play some hockey in the spring. Um, and that changed my life, so, yeah. um, so to speak. Um, so I, I was very late. Uh, I think five of my friends uh, changed that year from baseball to lacrosse, and all five of us ended up playing college lacrosse. Four of us ended up playing Division One lacrosse. So uh, it was a good switch, I think, for all of us. And um, it was a heck of a ride. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you were you know coached by Howard Benedict, and you've been coached by absolute legends. Tell me about. Yeah. Tell me about. I mean, seriously, you look at it. Just think about the accumulated knowledge that you've got. You mean, you, I mean, Braemar obviously on the outside, but Benedict, and then you end up going to Princeton playing for Bill Tierney, and you were, you were one of his captains. Just le- absolute legends. Uh, well, first of all, I, you're two-time All Hockey All State, but what led you to Princeton? Uh, Coach Tierney was a big part of it. Um, Coach Tierney and, and the team. Um, I remember going to my re- official recruiting visit, and you know I visited other schools and had great times at other schools, and I really enjoyed those coaches as well. But Princeton just had something a little bit more, and um, you know it was not just Coach Tierney; it was Coach Metzabauer, who was also a pretty famous coach. Mm, yeah. Um, it's it's just an incredible place, and. Um, uh, I was so lucky to be able to do it, and you know, I remember I was going through the recruiting process, and I, I missed the academic index um, by mm. one point. Wow! And so, Coach Tierney made a, um, you know, not a proposal, but he, he asked me. He said, "Look, I can't guarantee you anything, but if you do get your grades up, and you do get your SATs up, and you can get over this index, I'll, I'll support you." Um, but there's no guarantee, and so I, I passed up on a, you know, chance to go to Hopkins and. Notre Dame and, and I, I kind of stuck it out and thankfully coach soul who, who was at Navy, but he was at Georgetown at the time said, Hey, you know, if you don't come, if you don't go to Princeton, you can always come to Georgetown. So I kind of had a backup plan. That's when my dad went to college. Yeah. Um, so I just, you know, I took a chance and, um, and that people at Avon really helped me through and, and, you know, talk about another hall of fame coach that I had was, or two, I coach Gardner. Yeah. He's probably the greatest high school hockey coach of all time, um, in the history of high school sports and then coach Garber. So, um, you know, having those two coaches as well really, you know, helped me in, in my development as a person. Um, so it's, it's, I've truly been blessed to have, have great coaches. Um, I've always had great coaches, uh, down to, my little league baseball coach who was my dad. So, um, it's, I've been lucky. How did, how did, uh, it's funny. I mean, how did, how did Bill find you? How did Coach Tierney? Yeah. Uh, Well, it's, it's kind of funny because I had gone on an unofficial visit to Princeton to visit the hockey coach. And I went to see the hockey coach and, um, they were, uh, recruiting me and, and looking at, you know, and having an interest in me. And, um, they, you know, I met there, I was at the, in the ice rink in the coach's office and, and we were reviewing my grades and, and whatnot. And, 
they they point out blankly said you know look your your grades are good uh, you need to improve them a little bit um, you know but we'd like you to go to Canada and and spend two years in Canada and um, have you ever thought about playing lacrosse and, and I said yeah I do play lacrosse and and they're like well have you ever met our coach and I said no nah, I've, I've never met Coach Tierney but one of um, you know my best friends Brian Jefton his brother Mike played for Coach Tierney played football and lacrosse and. Princeton is really about having the multi-sport athletes. They, they, they have a history of having yeah. players play two sports. Um, so the hockey coach said, look, you know, it might be harder uh, for me to get you in, but maybe lacrosse can help and maybe you can be a two-sport guy. And uh, why don't you walk over and just say hi to Coach Tierney? And I said, all right. Well, my mom and I walked over. We knocked on the door, and that was the first time we met Coach and um, Coach Metzenbauer. And then... A couple of weeks later, we are uh, a month later. I was down at the top two five camp, and um, there was a camp I didn't even want to go to. But uh, <laughs> Coach Benedict, Coach Benedict forced me to. In a, in a way, I said, "Hey, you know, you know, you're, you want to play hockey in college? Well, why don't you go support your teammates? Uh, you're one of our best players, and you should represent Buchanan and um, the state of Connecticut at the camp because that was the only thing going on back then. It's the top two five camp. There was no club programs. And, right." club lacrosse and um i went down there and i kind of had this you know attitude of i'm going to be a hockey player so i might as well just play the best i can and not worry about anything and um i thought it was the best lacrosse i've probably ever played in my life and um <laughs> you know coach Tierney started recruiting me after that so um you know it's just a lot of random uh, things kind of came into play um with with how it all went down and uh, just very lucky yeah, it's, it, it happened that way. It seems kind of like I don't know. I don't know if you believe in this stuff, but it seems kind of like you were just destined to follow this <laughs> path. Every every yeah. turn, lacrosse just came back to you, right? Yeah, I mean, look, I wanted to be a hockey player my whole life, um, but it just didn't work out. And um, you know, I, I love the sport of hockey, and uh, my son plays hockey every day in our living room. And, uh, <laughs> brings back some brings back some good good memories. Um, so. You know, it's a, it's it's an incredible sport, and uh, you know, hopefully, I'll start coaching hockey soon. Um, not at the high school level, but in the in the youth level. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's it's a great sport, but lacrosse definitely changed my life. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, you, you, and you landed at Princeton in an absolute like just magical time for that program and, and Coach Tierney. I mean, they were, I think they're that was their third straight. You were on that team. You were fresh, right? Freshman on that team, '98. That one, Correct. That, right? That one that they're one their third straight played with some legends over there, like Jesse Hubbard, mm-hmm. John Hess, and mm-hmm. then you went on to play, you know on become a captain there, um, and then you went in a went in a national title title your the year you were a captain with even with Bill Sons, right? You played with them, right? Yeah, Trevor was my teammate, and Brendan was I mean, not my teammate. Trevor was my roommate, right? And um, he was a good friend of mine, and Brendan was uh, the year younger than us. Um, yeah, the three other captains that year, Brendan, I mean, uh, Trevor Tierney and Ryan Mollett and, and Matt Strebel, all, all those three guys got drafted in MLL and uh, played for Team USA. And, um, you know, my career ended with that national championship game. So, um, you know, it's a pretty remarkable group. A little known fact, I was actually on the field with you in night. Well, yeah, with you in 98. On, at Rutgers, and then at 2001, I think it was in stands, but I was on the field covering the game in 1998 uh, when, when they won that title. When we, because I went to Syracuse and I was there, the, 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 that, that great 
you know, last game of, of Roy Simmons Jr.'s uh, legendary career. Um, oh, yeah. Knocked, knocked, knocked us out. And then, mm-hmm. uh, and then the final, and, and they just ripped through Maryland. Just a great team, that one. And then your team in, in 2001 was tremendous. You finally get Syracuse back after they beat you the year before. B.J. Prager with the OT goal. Just, you know, I've seen, I saw quotes of you saying, like, there's nothing like that winning that national championship. You know, just take me, take me through quickly through that, that uh, winning that and how that felt. Yeah, I think, you know, whenever you win any championship, and, you know, thankfully I've been on a lot of teams that have won and I've been on a lot of teams that have lost, too. Um, which makes winning that much more special yeah. uh, when you do experience losing, um, and then you then you can come back and, and win, and that's what happened in college. We had lost the previous year uh, to Syracuse in the finals, uh, my junior year, and to come back senior year um, and win. And, and I, I think the the best thing about sports is the relationships you create. With your teammates, your coaches, uh, your schools, your communities, and it just it just makes winning so much more special. Yeah. And um, and, and we worked so hard that year. And uh, I remember the hardest thing was we we went up to the dome and we got absolutely crushed by Syracuse, right. and um, and it, it was heartbreaking. And, uh, we, you know, a lot of people were downing us and, and we, you know, we, we weren't, you know, super star studded uh, that year, but we had a lot of great players that ended up being, you know, stars as their careers continued. And um, I think the spark plug for us that year was, was Ryan Boyle as a freshman. Yeah. Uh, he led our team in points, uh, which was so, so remarkable. Um, but the thing about that team, we were so close and we cared so much about each other. We hung out all the time, and um, man, it was it was fun. It was a lot yeah. of fun, and um, I think the turning point was the night before, or I would say after we had won our semifinal game versus Towson, and it was a close game. I think it was like fifteen to fourteen. We we scored with like I think the last like. 20 something seconds 27 seconds or something and um we got back to the hotel room and the captains met with the the coaching staff and coach tyranny was like hey you know i'm thinking about bringing the team back home because we were in Rutgers and we were staying in a hotel even though we were only 20 minutes down the road from princeton he was like you know i'm thinking about bringing the team back to princeton tomorrow and we can have a two-hour practice we can watch film we really need to get ready for Syracuse. And, you know, we got killed last time. And, um, you know, he was going through all his reasonings. And we listened. And I remember his son, Trevor, looking him in the eye and saying, we don't need to do that. Mm. All we need to do, go out there, practice less than an hour, shoot the ball, pass the ball around. We're going to win. Wow. And the coaches looked at each other like, what do we do? Is he crazy? But in the, in the end, Coach Cerny looked at him and said, okay. And the conversation ended. And we walked out. And uh, that's what we did. So it just just shows, like, you, as much as, like, you want a game plan, as much as you want to uh, over-strategy and think about how to beat this team or shut down this player or whatnot. I mean, it comes down to you got to play the game. And, 
Man, it was awesome. That's great. That's great. And uh, it just a storybook ending, huh? Just really, like, if you just look at it, I was looking at it last night. I'm like, wow, they, what a storybook ending for them. And, and you, and you, you know, where just the, it, it seems like, Coach, you've really translated the stuff that, I mean, especially that family atmosphere. Your kids, <clears throat> your kids on Saturday all talked about it without being, they're like, look, we're family. Family, family. That, that's, it seems that's just so important to you. And that's something you might have taken away from Princeton. Uh, it is. And it's, it's also a New Canaan thing. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, the New Canaan brotherhood within all sports, um, whether it's football, whether it's basketball, whether it's hockey, um, the curl sports, um, we truly care uh, about, number one, giving back um, the amount of kids that go to youth practices and volunteer and work with the kids and, you know, the high fives before games. Um, it's just a special community. Um, but yes, I brought some of that from Princeton and, and that is, I think coach Tierney's greatest asset is he does bring everybody together. Um, but you know, I mean, yesterday, um, you know, Nick Cravato just shows up at practice, right? you know? So when you, when you have last year's captain and all American and our, our leader, one of our leaders from last year, just randomly show up just to give people hugs and, and hang out, just, says something about the program yeah um you know he doesn't need to do that he just got home from college you know most college kids when they get home they definitely don't go back and and start hanging around high school and seeing seeing guys but but in our case we do and it happens all the time and i'm sure it's going to be happening you know throughout the next three weeks as more and more guys come home they're going to show up at practice and, and stop by. And it's not just to see the, the players, but the coaches and the training staff and the teachers. And it's just an incredible environment uh, to be in. And we just try our best to fuel it, to talk about it, um, to stress the importance of it and uh, to believe in it. Because it's one thing to say it, but it's another thing to, to believe it mm. um, and to go about and do it. So um, I'm very, very proud that uh, the kids uh, accept it and um, take a lot of pride in it. Um, so it's great. You uh, you pretty much. So how did you end up coming back to New Canaan? I mean, you, you basically started running the the youth programs there uh, eventually, right before you became the head coach. Yeah, I started. Uh, it was three years I'd, I'd been working in the youth program and um, when I work and volunteering, and um, it, I'd moved back out of the city. I was working finance and. One of my clients, I was sitting in his office, and he said, well, when are you going to move back to Connecticut? Uh, I said, well, actually, I just did. I, I moved back you know, two weeks ago. And he said, great, you can start coaching lacrosse. And <laughs> I looked at him and said, oh, you know, I'm thinking about having kids. And, you know, my wife and I are just trying to get settled back in. I don't know if coaching lacrosse makes sense. And he kind of looked at me, and uh, I looked at my business partner at the time, and he was, you know, a very good client of ours. And I said, okay, I'll, I'll go start coaching. So yeah. I, um, and I remember I, I called uh, Jenkins Marshall, who um, was my eighth grade coach. He was the president of uh, the youth program at the time. And I called him and said, you know, Jake and Jenkins, it's a long time. Um, you know, Chip Buzzier here. I'd love to start coaching again. And his first comment out of his mouth was, Chip, great to talk to you. Great to hear from you. I'm glad you're back home. But in all honesty, how do I know you're going to be a good coach? Oh, wow. And he he grilled me for about 20 to 30 minutes about how I would coach because I'd never coached before. 
And it was the toughest interview I had. <laughs> I mean, more than any finance job or anything. And um, just goes to show how how important it is to to make sure the right people are coaching our young kids. And um, you know, I'm glad that that Jenkins did that to me. And you know, I, I was able to coach a great team. That was the first year I coached. I coached Michael Krause and yeah. guys like Justin Meichner and Logan Hart and Teddy Dumbald and. You know, Brandon Salvatore and all these kids that, you know, are all playing college across now. And, um, you know, those kids bought in. And, and I'll tell you what, those kids made me become a better coach. Mm. Um, you know, they believed in, in the systems we put in. I, I was I was lucky to the coach, you know, a good friend of mine, Mike Regan, who I met through my college roommate, Ryan Mollett. And he had spent some months on our couch in New York City playing while he was playing for uh, an MLL team with Ryan. And, mm -hmm. I got to know Mike really well, and he just moved to New Canaan. And, and Mike's arguably our best, best youth coach in, in New Canaan. He's been doing it now, volunteering for 10 years. I uh, also coach with a New Canaan alum, Gordy Cohen, who's also been coaching in New Canaan now for, for a decade. And so the three of us kind of just, you know, started this little little kind of culture between the three of us and these kids, and we ended up coaching for three years. And then when the vacancy came up, uh, to, for New Canaan High School, um, I wasn't really thinking of it. And, um, you know, then randomly the firm I was working in, um, you know, sadly um, was, uh, you know, had to had to end uh, with a with you know an employee who did an illegal trade and oh, wow. blew up blew, blew up the firm and um, you know I don't want to talk about it but it's really sad because right. you know sixty sixty five people lost their jobs and um, you know I turned to my wife I said maybe this is fate maybe this is you know someone telling me that it's time to do something different um, so I um, you know switch switch careers and um i worked in finance for you know two more years after that and um you know while i was coaching i, I got a new job and um you know i was kind of doing both at the time and then it just it just became overwhelming and i wanted to you know put more attention towards you know lacrosse and coaching and mentoring and um so i finally hung up hung up the financial um job and um I'm coaching lacrosse full time now. Yeah, look at you. I mean, it's amazing. And then uh, Al Alex decided he was going to go to Virginia. And next thing you know, the Cannon job opens up, and and Bill Tierney, you know, reportedly sent you just a glowing letter. It said he would he would want you to coach his own son, if I remember the story correctly. Um, <laughs> and uh, I mean, and I mean, you couldn't ask for a better endorsement, I'm sure. Oh yeah, I mean, Coach Tierney, he cares a lot about every single player that's ever played for him, and. Um, you know, it's a this special special bond he has with players, and um, I'm you know blessed to have had him in my life and continue to have him in my life. And it's great to see him every summer at these recruiting tournaments. Yeah. And, um, he's just such an incredible human being, and um, you know, beyond a coach, he is a better person. Um, so, yeah, I do I do owe a lot to him. It's amazing, and and you're I mean, this is. You are at your, I mean, at, you couldn't ask for a perfect, uh, a more perfect setup. You're at your alma mater. You're, you're winning state championships. You're battling with, you know, you're playing a high level lacrosse in Connecticut. Uh, it's pretty amazing. You know, you end up here and that's, you know, it's an interesting winding road to get here, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, the best part about it is my, uh, my beautiful wife supports it. Yeah. Uh, so, right. you, you know, need she's that. An, she's an, she's a New Canaan grad and, um, 
you know, she's she was a competitive field hockey player, and um, nice. you know, I, I couldn't do without her. To be honest with you, I mean, yeah. coach's wife is uh, probably the most important person. And, Absolutely, uh, it's not e- it's not easy, um, especially you know, in a week like this. I and mean, a Darian week is probably the hardest week. Uh, so, <laughs> lots you know. of pressure. Oh yeah, oh yeah, um, but it's it's fun, and uh, the best part about you know, aside from being able to compete on the field with these boys, be a you know a New Canaan coach, wear the you know New Canaan colors again, is the relationships that I have with these kids. It's awesome. You know, it's yeah, you can tell. It really keeps me going. Yeah, it sounds like it. Um, just yeah. to, we're running out of time here. I don't want to keep you too long. Um, but I'm having a, you know, this is great. This is a great, really good conversation with you. Uh, just, just quickly, you know, we talk about when I saw you up at Glastonbury a couple of weeks ago, you know, you even, you mentioned like the growth of the game and, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the Northern schools make a lot about, you know, their inability to get that state championship and stuff, but, you know, but taking a step back and seeing like what all these new programs were, when you were there, they were, they had nothing like this and just. Talk about the growth of the game and, and you know, what, you know, where do you see it going? I mean, you just continue to see it, see it uh, improving. Yeah, I think it's going to improve a, a ton more. I mean, the amount of kids that are playing lacrosse at the younger age groups um, is just continuing to grow and grow and grow. And the success of more teams throughout the state of Connecticut and throughout the entire country. When you look at, you know, states like Ohio and Florida, Texas, California, um, you you watch these college games on TV and you see all these players. I mean, you know, the the Penn freshman who is unbelievable from, from Oregon um, to, to see these players um, competing from all across the U S which, that, that wasn't happening when I was playing. Um, it, it's just the growth of the game nationwide has grown, and a, and a lot of it has to do with players going back and coaching in their communities that they grew up in. Oh, my God, yeah. Um, and lacrosse is a sport that you can easily do that, um, where you can go back and, and pick up a stick and volunteer and, and get involved. And, you know, I see that in New Canaan. I know it happens in, in the nearby towns in Greenwich and Darien and Westport and, and Ridgefield and Wilton, et cetera. So that is what grows the game. And, um, you know, when you, when you look at when players come back and take their knowledge that they've learned from their great college coaches and then give it to the youth, it's going to make players better. Um, so I just look at it in that point of view that players are coming up that are being coached um, extremely well. Um, second, I think there's a, an amazing passion for the game of lacrosse right now. Um, when I first became coach in New Canaan, I remember asking everyone, you know, what do they want to do? Do they want to play college lacrosse? And the majority of the kids I was coaching said no they wanted to play hockey or football or or you know not play lacrosse at all and now it's you know you talk to kids and they want to play college lacrosse they want to play high school lacrosse i was at a you know a fourth grade practice last night and you know there's 80 kids on the field or whatnot and i said how many guys going to the game on saturday and every single one of them raised their hand <laughs> um awesome. 
you know, and then I said, how many of you guys, you know, want to play, play high school across? And a couple of them were like, oh, I'm a hockey player. Or I'm a basketball player. Right, <laughs> and, right. and then I started laughing and I said, oh, I play those sports too. Um, you know, and it's just people want to play the sport. And, um, you know, when I was growing up, it was just, just a spring sport. I picked up my stick in my eighth grade year in March and I put it down uh, in June and that was it. Yeah. Now these kids are in their backyards. They're, you know, playing wall ball. You know, we had a, I think a second grader hold the, you know, world record for these, this wall ball <laughs> app where, you know, he got, he got 30,000 repetitions of wall ball in a oh month or something. And I'm like, how does the second grader find time to do that? Yeah. But, you know, you have these kids doing this and they just love the game. And I think the growth of the game has come from not only social media, but, you know, what you guys do in the press and how you showcase the game and videos and uh, the fact that all these college games are live streamed oh, and yeah. on TV now. Um, these kids, you know, before I'd say, oh, who watched the game this weekend and, or who went to the Yale game? No one raised their hand. Now they're like, hey, coach, did you watch that Hopkins game? Hey, coach, did you watch that, that Denver game? Hey, coach. And yeah. the fact that kids are watching the sport at a higher level is just incredible. And that's why I'm so excited for, you know, the, the PLL and, and their, you know, what they're doing and how they're promoting the game. So I think the upside for lacrosse is, is, is tremendous. And I think it's only going to grow even larger. Um, so the, in Connecticut – uh, it's exciting. It's exciting to see all these teams compete, and you know the state tournament's going to be incredible. Um, you know how the sheet seeding shakes out, but those quarterfinal games are going to be intense. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, maybe some first round games might be intense, but there's so many more teams that that can compete for a championship now. Uh, yes, you know everybody looks at Darien as as a favorite every year, but um, the fact that there's more teams involved. Um, that can compete is just very, very special. And um, as a coach, I love it. Yeah. Um, so it's great. I just wish we we could have opportunities to play each other a little bit more. Yeah. Um, you know. So, but yeah. it's great. And what's well, I mean, from one of the things I was going to say, how about two national championship uh, defending national champs sitting there in Connecticut? I mean, that's that's that was unprecedented. I'm sure that that grew a little bit. Um, you know, you talk about. To, the, the the way the games has grown in Connecticut. What do you, what do you think of the state tournaments? You know, what's your what's your take on that? Uh, do you like the way they set it up now? I mean, it's obviously a lot better now that you and Darian are in the same division. It didn't or class. It didn't seem right that you guys are competing in separate classes after you know competing with each other in a regular season. Is there any changes you'd like to see, or how do you think that's all set up? Yeah, I mean, we've talked about it within the coaching. Um, you know, ranks, you know, every year at our, at our coaches meetings, we've, we've always talked about it and, you know, proposed different things. Um, it is much better that, you know, the, many of the uh, top teams are in class L. Um, you know, there are a few that, that aren't. Um, and, you know, you can ask their opinion on what they would like. I know when that we were in class M and, and not being able to compete against, you know, Darien and Greenwich and, um, know some of the upstate teams like prep and cheshire and uh ridgefield we felt you know hey this is great we love class m but we, we want to be able to play against those guys yeah. um you know so uh, 
you know, I, I I would love to go to you know Division One, Division Two, Division Three format, like hockey, um, right? Like hockey, yeah. but I know it's difficult to to organize and manage. Um, we've discussed in the past and having an open division where people would opt into the open division, but then you figure, then you you know, will you get sixteen teams that mm-hmm. openly say, hey, yeah, I want to be in that tournament? Um, so it's not easy, and and I think the hardest part is every single sport's different. So it'd be one thing if we were all doing the same thing, but the fact that basketball does one thing, football does this and lacrosse does this hockey does, does (laughs) something it it's, it's confusing for everybody. Um, so, you know, it is what it is. I mean, the good thing is right now, I think the the three divisions are competitive, uh, based on school size. Um, and they should be three great tournaments. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, I, I wish that the three games would be later in the day, uh, to be honest with you. I think having games or, you know, having a 10 o'clock yeah. championship game is, is you know, uh, it's hard, uh, especially when it's a uh, ACT or a SAT day. But Oh, um, is it this year? Oh, it's every year. Oh, every um, year it is. Every year there's always a testing day. So I'd love the, for the uh, CIAC to move the championship games back or, or put the championship games in, in locations where the schools are close and uh, they get bigger crowds. Because, um, you know, this weekend we will have the biggest crowd of the year. Yeah. I mean, we'll have close to 4,000 people at our game this weekend. You know, it, it, I've been in state championship games where we've had less than 1,000. Right. Um, so I, I – you know, I would love to just have a, you know, kind of a more of a, an environment, um, you know, with the championship games and the semifinal games. I think, you know, having the semifinal games at Fairfield Prep, you know, uh, has been incredible. Uh, Fairfield University, um, those games were, were, were really fun to play in last year. Um, so it's, you know, lacrosse has come a long way. And, yeah. and I'm still kind of the young guy, even though I grew up in it and played for New Canaan. I kind of still defer to the guys that have been around a long time, you know, Coach Braemeyer and others. And um, they've done an incredible job putting, you know, from, from Howard Benedict to Guy Witten to Coach Braemeyer and a lot of the other guys from, from upstate. Um, they've done an incredible job putting lacrosse on the map and getting it sanctioned and, um, you know, having all these teams. I mean, I, have, I think we have like 95 teams playing lacrosse. Yeah. And uh, I played, I think it was less than 30. So to, to have almost, you know, that much growth in, in 20 so on years, um, it's pretty remarkable. Um, so uh, this isn't me complaining, you know, nothing is ever perfect. Right. Um, uh, but the good news is uh, the state of Connecticut is, is very competitive. Um and uh, it's it's good to see. Um, I would like to see, you know, I think the public schools play a little bit more of the private schools. Mm-hmm. I think it's healthy. Um, and it'd be fun if we could come up with something. And, you know, New Jersey has a unique format where they have their their, their tournaments and then they have a, you know, a tournament of champions. And um, that would be a really cool format. But mm-hmm. I know that's really hard to, to manage, especially with how the season starts so late. Um, yeah here here in connecticut but we've always talked about it and i think we'll always continue to talk about it but right now i think things are going pretty well um and i'm just happy that connecticut supports lacrosse and we have so many good teams and players in our state um yeah so yeah i agree with all that i mean i'd love to see you know maybe even change it to to, i I love raftery i love what they've done there uh that seems like a real ideal place Uh, i know parking might be an issue there but uh, it, we might have outgrown McMahon at this point. I mean, there's, 
Well, who knows? I mean, they do a great job every year there, but, you know, we'll see. Um, but it's a really exciting week, a couple of weeks coming up, and, uh, you know, we have, wow, we've been talking, it doesn't seem like too long, but we've been talking for almost an hour now. So, uh, Coach, we really, really appreciate you coming on. Really exciting time of year. You know, this is it. You have Darian, and then you have the FCX, which is a tremendous tournament. We could sit here and talk lacrosse all day, but we're going to let you go and uh, get ready for this week, if we get ready for tonight, and uh, and well, good luck the rest of the way, and we really, really appreciate you having on. Thanks a lot. Well, thank you. I really appreciate the time, and uh, thank you for covering uh, Connecticut lacrosse. All right, Coach. Good luck. Thanks. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. So, Mike, that was New Canyon coach Chip Buzio, and wow, I, what can I say? I, I, I didn't uh, – we covered a lot of bases in that interview. Yeah. Really, really nice. He, he was really uh, he, he had a lot. To, he had a lot to say. Absolutely, we didn't even uh, get to Bo Hickey. Jeez. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I, I kept thinking. I'm like, we haven't even mentioned. I've talked about all the legends he's coached. Yeah, one after the other, man. Uh, you know, Tierney and uh, Hickey and, and Benedict and I mean, Gardner, I it's just Garber. you know I don't know on and on and it's like yeah I, I you know like we mentioned to him it just seems like the stars were aligned for him to mm-hmm. end up being the coach of new canada yep. you know i think that's just the way it is lacrosse just kind of muscled its way into <laughs> chip buzzy's life and uh and here he is today and and he seems like he's just loving every minute of this you know he, he takes such pride in what the the program has accomplished and as a steward of that program he he, he they've done a really a great job but he got to beat Darianne, and New Cannon has not beaten Darianne since 2015, Mike. 2015. Four years ago today. Four years ago. Oh, yeah, May 9th. Okay. May 9th, 2015. That was it today. That's it. We are at the, uh, we're at the anniversary in just a few days before the, the big showdown. I mean, you look at some of the scores. They played three times last year, 9-7 and seven in the regular season, 13-12 in the FCAC. And then uh, eight to seven in the, in the Class L semifinals. That's Zools are so they've been so close, New Canaan. So close, New Canaan, and just haven't been and against some really good Darien teams. Yeah. Let's, uh, some of these were like nationally ranked number one teams. So um, you know, then you look you look back at 2017. They only played once, 11 to eight loss in the regular season, and then uh, in 2016, 10 seven, and 2015 in the FCX, 13 to seven. Um, and then before that, New Canaan won that thriller in 2015. So they have lost six straight going into this game. And, you know, uh, that's a long, long time. I think this is the lo- well, it's the longest in the they've lost to Darien since uh, tw- 2007, 2010. I think they lost six in a row back then as well. So that's the game. We're really, really looking forward to it. Uh, there's so many. It's not the only game going on on Saturday. If you, if you can, I don't know if you can do it. I don't know if I can do it. I'd love to go to the surf club and run over to Dunning Field. But if I, if I do that, I feel like I'm going to get caught. you be parking in Darien. Yeah. <laughs> do they have shuttle buses? <laughs> buses? Uh, uh, I'm really looking forward to that. But, again, it's, it's just a preview of what's come. So much more going on. We have lots to get to. Uh, but uh, well, that's it for this week. For Michael Fornerby, I'm Sean Patrick Bowley. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next week.